Why are we fascinated with serial killers or true crime? Why are true crime podcasts and TV shows some of the most listened to and watched across the world? Why do some murders go unsolved but yet some solved right away? Does it come down to means, motive, and opportunity? Or is it lack of motivation by law enforcement? One could ask, what would a person need to do to commit the perfect murder? Some people would say, oh, you're giving a person a play-by-play or giving them a diagram of what to do. Well, then what if I worded like what not to do? Not the point. The point is, we are in love with true crime, and some convicted serial killers are put on pedestals. Payne Lindsay from the Atlanta Monster Podcast spoke with the mother of Wayne Williams' cellmate, and she called Wayne Williams an icon. Who knows? But here's what I do know. This is The Weekly Podcast. Welcome to The Weekly Podcast. Guys, today I want to take some time to talk about a case that's actually going through the court system now. So, obviously there's not a, a final resolution to it or a lot of information that's out there, but it is a case that has definitely caught, uh, caught the attention of National Spotlight and... Uh, it's definitely, you know, gained some momentum, and that's good. I think that we need to bring awareness to as many of these cases as we can to let as many people know, you know, what's going on with them. And, and uh, even though it may be a stranger reaching out to some of the family members, sometimes it, it just may be comforting to uh, to hear kind words from someone. Um young mother of four, Savannah Spurlock, vanished in January after leaving a Kentucky bar with three men in what was her first night out following the birth of her twins. Uh, she hadn't she hadn't been out in a while. She had uh, actually gave birth, I want to say maybe six weeks, six or seven weeks before that. But either way, Friday, January the 4th, uh, Savannah starts the day at home. She's uh, with her mother in Richmond, Kentucky, before deciding to go out with a friend. Um, like I said, she was a newly minted uh, mother of four. It was uh, Spurlock's first time getting out in quite some time. Savannah, then 22, had given birth to her two youngest children in December. I thought she needed a little break, her mother, Ellen Spurlock, later told the Lexington Herald leader. She hadn't done anything for months, you know, since she'd had the twins. So, uh, her and a friend had went to Lexington about 10 p.m., but her friend had left after the pair had gotten into an argument. Uh, actually, they had went to, uh, Savannah had taken her mother's car, drove to Lexington to meet a, a guy friend of hers and the other girl that she was with that all went all three went to the bar um, the gentleman had to leave due to work issues or things the next day he had he had uh, obligations 
So Savannah and her friend had stayed. The friend had secured a ride from someone else. By the time the ride had got there, uh, I don't believe either Savannah wanted to stay. The girl was ready to go. Either way, the pair got into an argument, according to uh, her mother, Savannah's mother. Uh, Ellen Spurlock said she last heard from her daughter when they spoke over video. Uh, it was FaceTime about 2.30 a.m. She FaceTimed me, and she said, Everything is fine. I'm just having fun with friends. I promise I will be home later this morning, Ellen told the Herald Leader. Savannah had not been heard from since her phone was no longer on by 8.30 a.m. That, that same day. So now... We're going to jump to Tuesday, January the 8th. Richmond police put out their first post about Savannah, appealing to the public for help in finding men with whom they said she was seen leaving the other bar in Lexington. Savannah was last seen leaving the bar with an unknown black male and an unknown white male, police said. The Richmond Police Department is seeking the identity and whereabouts of these two individuals. The white male was seen leaving the area in a black Chevy S10 pickup. Police shared photos taken from surveillance footage they uh, said showed Savannah with two men in the parking garage. Authorities also noted Savannah was last seen wearing a black sleeveless top, a maroon skirt, and high heels. Now, Sunday, January 13th, worried loved ones spent the day searching for Savannah, who they said would never leave her children. It's been 11 days now, her mother said, and I'm lost. As friends and family struggle to remain calm, they also struggled with what to tell Savannah's oldest child, who had become increasingly concerned about her mother's whereabouts. He doesn't know what's going on. But my fear is how long can that take place, you know, Ellen said of one of her grandchildren. And this is something she's reporting to the uh, WKYT TV station in Kentucky. She says he saw her on TV one night and said, Mommy, he misses her. Now, in addition to the newborn twins, Savannah's the mother of two sons, ages four and two. Now we go to Tuesday, January 15th. So now Savannah's family is being proactive here. Savannah's family took to social media to share their gratitude for the outpouring of support they've received and to appeal to the public for their help. The person who is someone's daughter, someone's mother, someone's sister, someone's niece, best friend, Lisa Thomas, Savannah's aunt, said in a video posted to the Missing Savannah Facebook page. Waiting is hard. Not knowing answers to questions is hard. When you're living it and breathing it, it can be crippling, she said. If you know anything, we beg you, come forward and call the Richmond, Kentucky Police Department. If you heard something, if you saw something, I don't care how small it was. What if that one thing is the piece of the puzzle that they're missing? What if you hold the key to bringing her home? Now, Monday, January 21st, Savannah's mother spoke out to denounce opportunists trying to take advantage of her family during their crisis. Now, apparently she had been receiving messages from people claiming to have information about Savannah and they would release for a fee. Now, you know, these, these dirt bags, complete dirt bags. So they're basically saying, hey, give us some money. You've got 12 hours. You never see her again. Um... Even people were asking uh, her her mother for Amazon gift cards to to be able to feed Savannah, and who they claimed they were starving. And but it, that's just terrible to do do someone that way. Now Tuesday, January twenty second, 
police had located the two men pictured with Savannah, as well as a third man they said left the bar with the group on January the 4th. Law enforcement officials executed a search warrant at the home in Garrard County belonging to the parents of one of the men allegedly in the surveillance footage with Savannah. Investigators also seized a vehicle from the property. Now, she went, was last seen January 4th. Now this is January 22nd. The search for Savannah has included Madison, Garrard, Lincoln, and Fayette counties. Officials said the vehicle Savannah drove to Lexington was located in the area the weekend after she went missing. Ellen had reported that on Facebook. Now we're going to go to Monday, January the 28th. Police announced that they had identified and questioned the three men last seen with, with her. No one has been charged with any criminal offense at this time. Richmond Police said in a statement, We are continuing our search for Savannah and appreciate everything the public and the media have done to assist in our efforts. There are many people, organizations, and volunteers that have assisted us over the past few weeks, and for that we are thankful. Finding Savannah continues to be a top priority. Now Sunday, January the 27th, the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue Team that works on missing persons cases across the nation took to social media about its involvement in the search. We continue to pray and search for Savannah, they wrote. Our team is still very active. We will not stop until this beautiful lady is home. Say a prayer, please. They had previously noted that they had covered miles of land, but had so far found nothing. So now we're going to jump to Monday, February the 4th. Authorities said that they were able to confirm Savannah had been taken to a home of one of the three men with whom she had been seen leaving the bar on January the 4th, so now we're looking at a full month. Richmond Police Lieutenant Rodney Richardson said that police confirmed Savannah traveled about 40 miles to a home in rural part of Garrard County after leaving the other bar in Lexington. They did not know Savannah prior to meeting her at the bar, he said. She rode in the back seat of a vehicle with two of the men, while the third followed them in a separate vehicle. Both vehicles have undergone forensic testing, but authorities do not plan to release their findings. Now, one of the men with whom Savannah was last seen told police that she left the home later on that morning, but did not be was not real specific about how she left. Uh, police say they have been able to confirm this. Um, I'm, from what other other stories that I've read, basically the girl has no jacket. She has short sleeves on. She's 40 miles from Lexington. God knows how many miles she is from home. And she's just going to walk out the door. So, yeah, we're buying that. So, anyway, Tuesday, February the 5th. And I'm just kind of go through a timeline here. Just hopefully I can be, I just kind of, basically I just want to kind of break down the case. And just what so far kind of what's what's been going on with it. Uh, what should have been a day to celebrate, it was her 23rd birthday. Searchers took to cornfields and a bridge to look for clues that uh, may lead them to, to finding Savannah. It's another important day that she's not here for. Her absence is that much more obvious. And that's uh, Uncle Mark Toma. Uh, the team was comprised of volunteer canine units, 
family friends, including several former uh, former police police officers. Now, Monday, February the 11th, Savannah's oldest child still isn't aware that his mother's missing. Uh, her father, Savannah's father, told Fox News there in Kentucky. For the nearly two months, Cecil Spurlock, Savannah's father, age 54, has been taking care of Savannah's four-year-old son. He has uh, resolved, remaining strong, not let his grandson see him upset. He quote, quote, uh, quote him saying, I've got to maintain because I've got a little boy that doesn't know about his mom yet. Spurlock told the news, he's a super happy boy. I've got to maintain around him. I can't lose it. He actually helps me. He said his daughter was making horrible decisions around the time of her disappearance, but he believed she would get back on the right path. That's my girl, he said, outgoing, kind, and loving. Now, on Tuesday, February the 12th, the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue Team announced it would be leaving the state of Kentucky. Unfortunately, our time here in Kentucky has come to an end, Commander Tony Wade said ahead of their departure. Adverse weather conditions made it difficult for the searchers to uh, traverse the areas while looking for Savannah. And after two weeks away from home, they just regrettably had to call their efforts off. And sometimes you, can, you just can only do so much. Savannah's five feet tall, weighs 140 pounds, and has brown eyes, shoulder-length brownish blonde hair, and multiple tattoos, including a rose on her left shoulder. Her tattoos also include, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me, on the right side of her midsection, and I'm her daughter on her back. She was last seen wearing a black sleeveless top, maroon skirt, and high heels. Now, we're going to jump months. Uh, we're going to be in May now. So actually, let uh if you don't mind, we're going to take a small break here, and I'd like to uh, play one of our sponsors. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So I uh, want to hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. May 29th, Savannah's aunt spoke to Inside Edition to plead for more information about her beloved niece. She's worthy of being found, Lisa said. She's worthy. Uh, Tomo runs the missing Savannah Spurlock Facebook uh, page from Ohio. And like she had been quoted saying, we've had so much support from strangers from all over the world. They're praying for us. But also uh, from these other families that are going through the same thing. It, you know, they're finding common ground and they're being there for each other. And uh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, she basically how eye-opening it's been for her to just a general problem of just missing people. So we're going from May 29th that we're going to jump to Wednesday, July 10th. Now, like I said, there are many months with nothing going on in this case. Just, you know, and it was extremely frustrating because you've got three suspects and apparently one of the three has got a little bit more involvement and the police are obviously they can't tell you what's going on to you know jeopardize the case but you're knowing basically what the, what I'm gathering from this is the police know who 
but it's just getting to a point of being able to to prove it you know they're keeping hope hope alive that she's alive but i'm sure at this point months down the road you know they're looking at it more of a homicide than a, than a missing person but we're going to jump to wednesday july 10th just before midnight authorities found human remains in connection with this case in, in gerard county police charged david sparks 24 with abuse of a corpse and tampering with physical evidence Authorities searched the home in January after it was identified as the last place Spurlock had been, police said. They searched the house again after a neighbor complained of a foul odor. I had heard a few different things here. There's two different homes. David Sparks had lived in a rental home, and uh, that was uh, one of the was actually the home that she had been seen going into and his neighbor's surveillance cameras had you know caught them entering the home but had never caught Savannah actually exiting the home now a family member of David Sparks is one that had called authorities after calling his lawyer first and called with the foul odor now the body was actually found at David Sparks parents resident so I'm not sure the way it looks is they searched that home and in, uh, in January so please say also that they found the remains and other items which belong to Spurlock on the property now Thursday July the 11th at a press conference the Kentucky State Police confirmed that the remains did belong to Savannah Spurlock Robert Purdy quoting him here saying our hearts go out to the family and friends of savannah spurlock uh, and of course the investigation is continuing now at this point you know they're they're not going to release a great deal i believe the judges put a gag order and uh, nothing's going out so on monday july 15th david sparks appeared in court for a probable cause hearing where a detective revealed a few cases basically to see if there's enough evidence to sustain these charges that he was charged with which was abuse of a corpse and tampering with evidence basically the detective said Spurlock went to Sparks home on the night she vanished the two other men left the home and Spurlock slept in Sparks bed and he slept on the couch the detective said the next day Spurlock woke Sparks and asked for his address, apparently so she could get a ride, and after he gave it to her, he said he went back to sleep, the detective said. When Sparks woke up, Spurlock was no longer at the home. The court also heard how Spurlock's body was found with a rug and garbage bags. On the day Spurlock vanished, Sparks had texted his sister to ask where she bought a rug because he was looking to buy one. Now this is from the detective testifying in court. Authorities also said they found blood in the bedroom closet in Sparks' home that matches Spurlock's DNA. The Garrard County judge found probable cause for the case to move forward to the grand jury. Now that first part that I basically said there, that was David Sparks saying, hey, here's what happened, which, like we said before, it's utter bullshit. So, 
I've got the DNA. Judge found probable cause. We're going forward, but now keep in mind, at this time, tampering with evidence, abuse of a corpse. So basically, yesterday, the grand jury had finally come back with an indictment charging David Sparks with murder. Now, I'm not sure to the extent of the indictment. I know as of right now, it's just him. Apparently, detectives believe that these other two gentlemen had left. They're not involved, but you never know. And like I said, there this is a case that a lot of times you don't really cover because as far as on a podcast, true crime, or just podcasts in general, because there's not a lot of answers. But I felt like that, you know, since the beginning of this case, it's always been something that me and, and, and my wife even enjoyed trying to keep up with it as far as just, uh, you, you just feel connected, you know, it's just, you, it just gives you some kind of peace and not necessarily enjoyment, but, you know, just, I know you don't, we don't know these people, or, but, you know, just, it's just an interesting case and, you know, maybe, like I said, if you send a message or just a, sometimes a message from a stranger may lift your spirits, but our hearts go out to this family and we hope that, uh, that justice can be served and the truth is what we look for. But um, that is exactly where this case is up to basically just yesterday. So hopefully, as the case goes through the court, the family will be able to get some answers because I know that they want justice for who had done this. But I'm sure they'd love to know. It's just like, why? You know, what happened? Uh, the, these are questions that I know that they're they're going through in their head. They just want to know how something like this happens. So, well, I definitely will keep keep you all posted as, uh, as the case goes along. But uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with a little bit of little bit of weekly weekly talk just to something that's not as uh, not as serious but uh, kind of give you an update of maybe what we might be talking about next week all right I told you a complete lie. I was hoping to come back with something friendly and fun, but it's uh, next week's not going to be that. But I will say the month of September, we're looking to talk to Kayla Morton, Street Outlaws, some different uh, financial advisors, maybe a little political, a religious, just in-depth, good conversation. We may find out if the American Dream's still alive. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa, I'm not sure. But next week is not... Uh, going to be rainbows and unicorns i want to talk about neil falls and possibly he may be the i-70 killer may be involved with list he may have killed uh, some women in uh, nevada he may be uh, who knows he might be part of the west mesa and uh, i believe he's a btk secret uh, lover so we'll get to the bottom of all that next week guys thanks for listening give us a five-star review wherever you get your wherever you get your podcast. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.